think about the animals. I can't tell you any better advice than to yep. think about the animals. And what I'm trying to say is that you just need to hold people accountable for this very obvious injustice. All right, so here we are, another episode of the Carb Strong Cast. I have an old friend of mine, Paul Bashir, vegan animal rights activist and co-founder and director of Anonymous for the Voiceless, a street outreach, uh, viral street outreach campaign now. It's in nearly... How many countries now? Uh, we have 850 odd chapters now. Yeah. Wow. So it's amazing to have you. I haven't seen you for... When's the last time I saw you? Yeah, I don't know. A long time yeah, ago. Yeah, long last time. We, we always communicate um, over the phone and yeah. online. So Paul, tell me how the hell <laughs> you got to being the director and founder of such a large organization. Where did, the, where did it evolve from? Like, Talk about firstly why you went vegan, how you went vegan, and how it eventuated into the animal rights activism that you're so involved with now. Sure. Um, veganism started for me in 2013. Yep. Prior to that, I was doing raw veganism, so I was on the health trip for roughly two years. Yep. I started in 2011, got really into it 2012. Similar to you, inspired by Dan the Man McDonald. I typed in vegetable juice recipe. He came up standing in front of the RV. Yes. Life, baby. Yeah. Remember those yeah, videos? I, remember. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. A whole head of shard down the, yeah. down the shoot of a juicer? Yeah. I put two or three leaves of shard maybe. Yeah. But, you know, I was like really inspired. And then I decided, decided to start eating that way. And that changed me in terms of my... I was on a mission at that time in my life to mm. find true health and to press the reset button and to get deeper into listening to what my inclinations were, what my excitements were, what my what I was being called to do, basically. So it was basically um, a spiritual journey. Yeah. And then um, while I was on that trip, you know, as you know, you're eating what is labeled as vegan food or raw vegan. So the word vegan was something I was being introduced to yeah. at that point in time. And because you know, on YouTube, you're watching different videos other videos start popping up and Gary's video popped up and other activists that were talking about veganism. Which Gary? Gary Urofsky. We know Gary, but we some know. of the people might not know right. Gary Urofsky. I always say, if you don't know Gary Urofsky, do you even vegan, bro? <laughs> well, there's only one OG Gary. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And so, yeah, I saw his speeches and it was ultimately the way he was speaking about animal rights that mm -hmm. got me to take animal rights seriously. Wow. And then I decided to become an activist I remember exactly when I became an activist, but I don't remember when I became vegan. That's funny. I didn't feel like I was truly vegan until I became an activist. Yeah. And I'm not saying that people aren't vegan unless mm -hmm. you become an activist, but I didn't feel that way because I wasn't really standing up for animals until I did that. Did so. you feel that you were a vegan before you found Gary? I know you said you weren't, a, you, you, like you were eating a vegan diet predominantly, yeah? Mostly? Completely. Yeah, like when I was plant-based, I made some shortcuts like every couple of months I might be at a sushi. My girlfriend at the time wasn't vegan, so I felt like a fraud, mm. you know, and so that's why I wasn't, I didn't really think of myself mm. as vegan. I, guess. I was, but I was, it was always this frustrating situation of getting in fights with my, my girlfriend at the time and feeling like a fraud at home. And then I was mainly advocating on social media, on Facebook and mm -hmm. Twitter and Instagram and just arguing in the comments. Yep. But in September, uh, sorry, in June of 2015, I uh, forget what date I quoted, but e either way, that's when I became an activist and okay. I decided that 
um, I wanted to get out into the streets. And the first thing I did was join local animal liberation organizations mm -hmm. like ALV. And then I just went to protests and started doing street outreach and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Uh, started a YouTube channel. But then I wanted to do what Earthings Experience was doing and brought that to Melbourne. I think we were the first ones to do it in Melbourne. Mm. And then when we were doing that, the first couple of demos, we realized that Earthings Experience doesn't really have an outreach protocol and mm. doesn't really have the structure. So mm. we thought we can do this better. And then we put together over the course of 17 mm. events, essentially, we mastered what is now known as the Cube of Truth. So we're getting straight into how the Cube of Truth originated how it was formed let's go back a little bit like you said right. gary really um, made you take animal rights seriously mm -hmm. explain that process of getting woke to what veganism actually is like that that justice that gary so passionately you know promoted what like explain that in your mind what, what happened there well it wasn't until someone said that this is no different to child abuse racism sexism or any mm -hmm. other injustice that we actually care about mm -hmm. in fact even when it comes to animal abuse most people won't even label themselves an animal abuser they'll run away from that term yeah. they don't want to be labeled an animal abuser mm -hmm. most people mm -hmm. um so it wasn't until that was said to me in that matter of fact manner and also i loved the fact that gary was roasting non-vegan um logic or yeah. non-vegan um excuses yeah and when I saw him doing that, especially that bit about arse bread, you know, he was talking about Thanksgiving and he said, arse bread, really? And vegans are weird for eating tofu. He's talking about uh, dead turkeys being stuffed with bread and he goes, arse, yeah, it's hilarious. That's, it's actually, it's actually a really good way of bringing, you know, comedy right. to something, a serious topic right. to help people sort of snap out of their ridiculousness. It is. Yeah. yeah. And that roasting comedy was my, st I love that yeah. comedy. And the fact that I actually still think to this day that Gary Urofsky is the best speaker, mm. not just within the vegan movement. I just think he's just the generally, <laughs> yeah, he's just the best lecturer. He's yeah. the best speaker mm. because he mastered it to a T and tying in comedy and roasting, I think was a really good play. Mm. Maybe he, cause he was doing it for such a powerful reason. So he made sure exactly that, you know, he yeah. mastered the craft of speaking mm. because of that. So if you so there's a lot of debate in the movement whether like you know this health advocacy actually brings you to veganism or like I'm a health vegan you know this and, and I know that all too should well. I promote the health message because it it's a gateway into sure. animal rights veganism and it, you know what do you think about that philosophy? I'm glad you brought that up because I just shared my process of becoming vegan and mm. some might some might extrapolate. Mm that it was the health trip that got me to look into animal rights. Yeah. But you see, I'm someone who went through this. Mm. So I know that that's not how it works. Me too. Even well, though it we, seems we had similar. Like that. We were similar, weren't we? Exactly. We, we found down the man and then right. animal rights we found. But right. was, it the, the, was it the health stuff that brought us there or could we have gone there sooner? That's the thing. If I was eating animal products and I saw Gary's video, I probably wouldn't have gone vegan immediately. But I would have gone vegan a lot sooner knowing what the imperative was. Yeah. And you don't go vegan until you understand the imperative, mm -hmm. even if you're eating far less animal products or no animal products. Yeah. You don't, you're not vegan until you understand animal rights. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah, well, that's true, isn't it? And until, so, so we're saving time for people, right? 
at least explain to them what veganism is clearly. Mm-hmm. And if they don't change, it doesn't mean it wasn't a successful explanation of what a vegan is. At least they know what the bottom line is and they're not being tricked and, you know, you know, it's not being muddied and they're not, they're not confused and think veganism is a health trip or a diet or about the environment. You're like, this is what it is. Now you know that you're committing animal abuse until you reach this point. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saving everyone time and true. Well, that's the thing. Also, like we think it's going to benefit by bringing up the health and environment to bring them closer to animal rights because they may have an interest in health and environment. Mm-hmm. So if they care about, you know, lowering their diabetes points or, or losing weight mm-hmm. or they care about the environment, we think by talking about certain points that relate to that, we'll get them peak, we'll peak their interest mm-hmm. and sort of hook them in mm-hmm. and get them to care about animal rights. What we end up doing, however, in my experience, and I've been studying this for a while now, is that when we bring up health and environment, it's actually a detriment because we get lost in those arguments and we can easily lose those arguments. Mm -hmm. So I've seen it done before, okay? Fishing on a... uh, If you go fishing on a kayak to catch your fish and that's the only animal product you eat or animal you eat, I don't even like saying animal products, then you are actually causing less of an environmental impact Mm -hmm. than a vegan who lives in New York City Mm -hmm. buying all of their products uh, that are packaged and um, processed and refined, right? Made in factories. Like that's environmentally worse for the environment. Of course, right? So environmentally, I've just trumped the environment argument for everybody regarding veganism. We should no longer be arguing it based on what I just said. Well, here's a better one. Like, you know, like the most environmentally friendly thing we could do is cull human beings, you know? We could do that, but that would be a rights violation. So that's why rights and environment are distinct from each other because the things you could do that are good for the environment that are a rights violation. That's a really good point. And, and, you know, this is why it's about rights. It's not about who litters the most or who does this the most. It's about who's taking animals and subjugating them and slashing their head off. And and when you bring the environment into that, it's a spitting in these victims' faces, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's lowering, it's lessening what they're really experiencing. Yeah. And I've likened this to how absurd it would be if a civil rights activist was to argue that slave ships exhaust resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that was their yeah. line of argumentation. Pollutes the ocean, these slave ships or something. That, that's why we should stop them. Like, no. Black rights would be a mockery. Yeah. Still, to this day, if that was the line of argumentation they were trying to use to get Mm -hmm. people on board with black rights. Same thing applies to health. Oh, it's bad for your mental health to be a racist. Yeah. What? We'd never use that logic. It's 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 insidious to even suggest that we should use that line of logic. I agree. And the fact is the vegan movement has become so heavily health predominant in our messaging and so heavily environmental. Pro- I mean, we, I, I also raised this point. We just saw Phoenix get on stage and say, uh, it wasn't in his most recent Oscar speech, but the one of the ones previous to Maybe that. the Golden Globes was that? Oh. It was the one where he said that meat and dairy industries are contributing the third largest contributor to environmental destruction. Okay. Third largest. Well, didn't Kaspersky tell us that it was the leading cause, that animal agriculture was the leading cause? Hmm. So these stats aren't even reliable. That's okay. the figures that we use when we talk about the environment. We rely on things like cowspiracy. Mm-hmm. But we're not environmental scientists. Why are we even arguing these points and relying on, on things that aren't even accurate mm-hmm. when Phoenix gets on stage himself and says something different to what cowspiracy said? Mm-hmm. What information are we supposed to rely on here? And does that information even matter? Again, like what I was saying before, even if it is the biggest cause of 
climate change. Mm. The fact is, the problem here is that we view animals the way that we do, and mm. we and we subjugate animals to the injustice that we do. Yeah. That's the cause of our environmental destruction, and that's the cause of our health crisis. So why don't we just focus on the root cause of the problem instead of the symptoms? They're connected, aren't they? R- right. They're connected. Well, it's the yeah. It's it's yeah i don't know how else to put it but it's mm. the root cause of the fucking problem yeah exactly so why do you think then that people prefer i, I think i know but i want to hear your opinion why do you think people prefer to advocate health and plant-based and completely steer away from the elephant in the room or the chopped up cow in the room uh, and prefer to advocate environment why do you think people do that um i think it's who know about they, they know yeah, about what goes on there's a multitude on. of reasons mm. but the one i'd like to focus on is i think that vegans like to be liked as a priority yeah yeah i agree i think they're they're focusing on they don't want to rub people up the wrong way or you know face that challenge we don't want to be that vegan we don't want to be aggressive and extreme and annoying and rude and but what we don't realize is that we're actually perpetuating this image by talking like that we're like in, we're like innate do you feel like that's a form of enabling the animal abuse if you are sort of 100%. ignoring it of course it is yeah 100 percent it is it's uh, again like a civil rights activist wouldn't say i don't want to be one of those black rights activists mm. yeah um look here's the thing People actually respect you and like you more when you don't give a fuck if other people like and respect you. Mm-hmm. And you, so when you think, oh, I don't want them to think of me like this and I want to say it like this because I don't want... They actually lose respect for you. Yeah. People like people who don't care what other people think of them. Mm. And you're saying what is right, what you feel is right, right. what you feel is the right thing to, to, to do. And you're defending animals without the care of what... Uh, without the care of offending people. You're just saying... How you're defending peop- uh, animals how you would want to be defended and at the cost of whatever. Like, I don't care what you think about me. Hate me if you want to. This is the right thing to do and say. Exactly. And, and it's not like we are beating people over the heads with baseball bats. We're talking. We're having a conversation. with. We're saying things. And we're saying things that are... I actually think people say, show more compassion, be more loving, Paul. I'm sure you get that a lot. Yeah. This is actually the most loving thing you can tell someone. The yeah. truth. You never lie to your friends, do you? Yeah. Okay, no. so you tell people the truth then from now on. That's how it should be. Mm. And the truth is not always going to be comfortable, obviously. No. It's going to be uncomfortable to wake up to. Yeah. And we have to have these uncomfortable conversations because otherwise the world around us is going to be burning and animals are going to be yeah. suffering. Yeah, I, I said uh, the other day, look, look, mate, I'm not trying to bullshit with you. All right, I'm just going to be straight out and I'm not going to pussyfoot around this. I'm, gonna, I'm just being straight up with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you the courtesy your parents didn't do you. I'm going to tell you exactly what you're committing. You know, And until you go vegan, you're committing animal abuse, right. which makes you an animal abuser by virtue of supply and demand. And people need to know that. They have to know that. Mm-hmm. And if they walk away... Oh my God, they walk away. They, at least they're going to have that in their mind. Well, wait a minute, let me think about this. Yeah. He's right. Exactly. He's right. And that's the best seed you could ever plant. Mm. And how many people tell you that oh, they were angry with you when they first heard this from you, but then later on when that anger subsides, yeah. all but they're left with is that... Almost every real deal vegan today said that to me. Mm. So the ones who you be nice, they don't usually go vegan. Mm. It's the ones who you are direct with and you tell the truth to. Mm. Yep. They, I get way more success from that. Yeah, and aggression is very subjective, isn't it? Like, oh, you were aggressive. Like, you can be really polite to someone. I've had, I've been really polite at outreach, and they're going, "Well, you're kind of aggressive here," and like, so, and then I've been really like in your face, and like, actually, yesterday, a, a, a animal farmer, animal harmer, <laughs> come up to me and he goes, 
you know, I just want to say that you've been very respectful in this debate. It was a very heated debate. And he came up to me and he said, I think that you, you really navigated that conversation very well. And you're it's very so respectful. Subjective, so man. I've got vegans telling me I'm aggressive. People who farm animals and kill them telling me I was respectful in the debate. Like, yeah. who do you believe? It's subjective. Do you remember that time when Gary shared this experience, Gary Yurofsky? He yeah. said, you know, I was doing a lecture once and someone said, I find you to be very rude and uh, I find you to be very aggressive. Yeah. And um, abrasive, abrasive, abrasive. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that. And then he asked everybody in the class, "Who else thinks I'm abrasive?" Right. And about uh, was a dozen people rose their hand, right. and the rest of the people didn't. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't as clear cut as this guy was. So maybe, to make so it maybe up. the problem's not me. Maybe it's all of you. It's so and subjective. You, and the, yeah. And actually, yesterday, sorry to mention this again, but yesterday at outreach, another guy sat up and he goes, "I don't think you're doing this the right way." He goes, "You have all these people coming up in anger and fighting with you." Right, but even though this is this is bad, like you're right, this is bad. I said, well, wait a second. How come you didn't come up and start fighting with me? You know, am yeah, I being rude? Yeah. And he goes, well, I didn't. So I said, is the problem me, or is the problem them? I said, why aren't they coming up with me and being angry with me at this animal abuse? Yeah. So you know, I've seen similar behavior. You know what I liken the reactions from non-vegans to? The way criminals act interrogation rooms wow. in interrogation rooms. Yeah, like guilty. Well, they're so irrational. They start making up stories. They they blame you. You're being too aggressive. Yeah. You know, I want my... You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's when people are guilty of something, that's the way they act. You can't expect for people to rationally and pleasantly deal with you in response to something they're guilty of. Mm -hmm. And it's the biggest injustice in the world. Mm -hmm. They have more yeah. blood on their hands that they can even imagine. Mm -hmm. You think that it's going to be a walk in the park to address that? It's going to mm -hmm. be a fucking nightmare. Well, it depends on how, how honest you've been in your life as a person. You know, like some people yeah. are like, thank you. Right. Thank you so much for showing this right. to me. But people like to live in denial. Yeah. They want to fight. When this society coddles that behavior. What do you think is more dangerous? Those who fight, those who have an emotional reaction and want to fight or want to be come up, come at you all aggressive or those who walk past and don't give a shit. What's more dangerous? Apathy by far. Hmm. That's what's causing all of this. Hmm. That's the why, that's why, anim that's why slaughterhouses exist is hmm. because of apathy. We stand by and let it happen. And that's why I don't even like the dog comparisons mm. saying that you would never do this to a dog. Well, because of apathy around dogs. In fact, the way our society views dogs is so abhorrent. Mm -hmm. Even though we think we're in a society of dog lovers, we still have shelters that are murdering dogs every single day. Yeah. We don't see humans protesting at the front. No. These so-called dog lovers don't protest at the front of these places. That's a very good point. I never so thought of that. It's just the way animals are viewed in this world. There's so much apathy around it and... Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's dangerous. Yeah. It's very saddening. And let's talk about the reason you have so much experience is because you, you specialize in talking to people on the streets. That's what AV is for those people who don't know what AV is. Let's give them in a nutshell, what exactly AV, um, does and like how it functions. So AV is just grassroots specializing in street outreach. We do a very specific form of street outreach called cube of truth. And it's engineered in a way to maximize the effectiveness of the interactions we have with people mm -hmm. on the streets. We have the screen showing what's really going on and we have discussions about what's really going on. Yeah. It's yeah, just well. really simple. So it, where did it actually start? In what, Melbourne in, city. It, it started in Melbourne. And yeah. then when did you decide to branch out to other, how, and how did that happen? Uh, it was over the course of 17 mm. events. So we first were just working on the model yep. itself. Over the course of 17 events, um, we decided that we needed to make this global and 
um, I always had this goal anyway of moving to Thailand. Yep. And living there for at least a year, but up to two years and focusing heavily on my YouTube full time. So I saved all this cash and I went and moved to Thailand. But the timing came really good because the timing was right because at that time, AV was growing and we had this model and we wanted to take it to the world. Like we felt that this movement deserved to have this model in place and it deserves to have an organization behind the model, Mm -hmm. not to just have the model written in an ebook that people follow like with Earthings Experience mm-hmm. and other campaigns. But we need we knew it needed an organization behind it to give people structure yep. and support, etc. Um and that's when we decided to take it global. So when we moved to Thailand in September twenty sixteen, that's when things started to kick off. Yeah. What do you think was the medium that helped all of this kick off? Was it social that media. Social media and different people get it getting a, no getting doubt. on there, platforming it, getting in the and that, that's what and then there was there was actual media as a result of uh, some, some media not much but, but yeah. it's it's gone viral basically from activists all around the world getting involved in how can I get involved in how can I do it's the value that the Cube of Truth brings people mm. see the value in it they show up at the events they share it on their Instagram their Facebook it's a natural way of promoting your thing if it provides if it genuinely provides value people will promote it for you 100% yeah 100% no one's ever asked me to promote AV it's just been I've had some of the most amazing interactions with people and felt that I've come away. Like it's almost like for me, like, I don't know if you feel this way, but without that outlet, I would be going insane. I know I've got my own outlet. I can talk to the camera without that. That's why I got AV tattooed on my neck. This is a lifesaver for me. That's why we did it. That's why we put the org together. We know about all the abuse and all the violence that's happening. If we don't have an outlet to, to do something about it actively, then we're just going to you know, feel depressed. And- I've said it and I'll say it again. Effective activism is the only cure for the frustration that we feel. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing that I've found that can cure it. Wow. And so now, now you're operating in all of these countries. And I mean, having such... A, a, you probably didn't see it going to where it's gone now. Maybe at the start, maybe you didn't foresee this. But now that there's so many chapters i mean that's a lot of to handle we're scaling down now actually we had a like over 900 chapters nearly a thousand chapters Mm. um in the last quarter i believe of last year yep Um, but then we've gone through some radical changes and we we want to further focus on the mission that we started with okay um we removed environment and health from our logo yep we used to have a slogan underneath saying animals, environment, health. Mm-hmm. We removed that completely in order to focus on the voiceless, on the animals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been doing lots of things like this within our org to evolve and become more focused and um, and just bring forward the potential of what we, were tr- what we started with and, and completing our mission. So because of this, as you know, being as direct and as committed to animal rights as we are, dispels many activists, many vegans. So there's a lot of dramas we deal with as an organization mm-hmm. and because there's so many people that are a part of AV. Yeah. Because there's so many human beings as part of our network, we deal with so many dramas. Different opinions and conflict. And yeah. and, and because of that, we notice that a lot of these people don't even understand who we are. Yeah. 
they signed up because there's benefits in signing up. Like you get support from us. You yeah. have volunteers that are joining your, your chapter through our website and all of this, but they don't really share the same values as us okay. and they're not really rocking with us. They'd rather do their own thing. Okay. So we're now at a position, we're now in a position where it's, it's far too exhausting for us to run an organization full of people that don't even want to be here. Okay. And so we're now focusing on just making sure that, you know, our induction process for organizers is uh, carried out more thoroughly yep. and we have everybody on the same page. Yeah, because I guess before it was just growing so rapidly, it was just boom, boom, okay, chapter here, chapter here, chapter here. Now you're becoming more organized and more, you know, methodical and who you accept yeah. and keep in. And Yeah. We want to work with the right kind of people. I don't. Not every vegan is uh, is equipped to do this kind of work. No, it does take a specific type of person. It does take a lot of tenacity and commitment, and you know it can be a very stressful, you know, road. And yeah. I honestly don't envy the amount of you know pressure that's under you guys to you know keep so many people and chapters. You know, consider so many people and chapters. I, I'm an independent activist and always have been, and I think I always will be because like for me like. I deal with enough than, than you know. I think to... you know how I feel about this because I, 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 I often envy that because that was my initial goal was yeah. to do exactly what you're doing. And I actually reached, this is a funny story. I reached out to Gary when we first started experiencing dramas. Mm-hmm. We've been dealing dramas since the start of AV, yeah. no, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I said to him, I'm dealing with all this shit. What do you recommend? He said, go solo. It's the only way. Right now, this is Gary telling me this. One of his adages is, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Um, And I didn't take his advice. If I did, we would have let go of AV. AV wouldn't be around today. But we continued, and I'm glad we continued. But uh, to be real with you, I do envy that, the fact Mm. that you have only you're responsible for yourself, Mm. and you can say what you want Mm -hmm. regarding your own opinions and things like this. Whereas everything I say is connected to AV, and I'm okay with that now. My perspective now is I'm actually super grateful to be in this position mm-hmm. I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. And the things that I plan to do with where I'm from where I'm at right now, I'm excited about. And it's good you got you and Asal both to support each other too. You're not in it alone and you have a support network and some good solid organizers behind you as well. Yeah, no doubt stick we by do. And, no yeah, doubt we do. Epic. Yeah. Um, I've noticed... Um, let, let me just talk about uh, Gary for a sec because I know he's been very influential in both of us. If anyone yeah. hasn't noticed like we have we you know we he's really the OG. he's the og and he knows what he's talking about like he knows what he's talking about when it comes to advocacy what works what doesn't well in in his way that he rejects pandering and he don't he thinks you, that's a waste of your time you're wasting everyone's time doing that you spent some time with um gary recently gary's obviously been retired from animal rights yeah for a while now um i've noticed that you're well, maybe it's because you're posting more outreach at av's you know, really blitzing it on social media now that your approach has sort of echoed Gary's sentiment a lot and you are a much more blunt, direct, effective, these conversations you're having are very, you know, I don't know whether they've changed or evolved. Talk about that. Uh, Have you always been like that? I started posting outreach content in the beginning when we started doing AV. Then I backed off doing the outreach content so much because I wanted to f- like just go to cubes and do outreach yep. and just learn the craft more. Yeah. And you're right. A lot of what, ec- um, what comes through me is, is because of Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do talk to him and I learn from him quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. 
Um, but there's things that he, I'm, you know what I'm doing? I'm just carrying forward what he taught yeah. and I'm trying to 2.0 this shit. Yeah, I get it. And, and, and this is, at this point, I feel what we're doing now and what we're going to be doing is a more refined, clean version. Because even he regrets saying some things he did. Yeah. Like, yeah. for example, talking about health and environment. He actually, do, he wishes he never he did really that. Did, yeah, really? he wishes he never did that. He told me that. Wow. Um, it was a good point to bring up because it's true that animal agriculture is the leading cause. I mean, I, I mean, at least I think so, right? It makes mm -hmm. sense, mm -hmm. right? Slaughterhouses everywhere, farms everywhere, polluting yeah. the environment. Just it makes the resource use alone, like sure. food and water and land. Sure. It's, just, it's just that alone, not climate change. Food, water and land, mathematically easy to work out. Yeah. Mm. So I understand his temptation in going there. He's trying to get people he's on persuading. board. He's, yeah. he's, he's basically he's begging for the animal abuse to stop. Right, and I understand mm. anybody mm. who's done this. I've done this. You see it in my own outreach content that I've done this. I've yeah. talked about the environment at length. Yep. I've talked about health at length. Mm -hmm. Trust me. I'm telling you, I'll try to save you some time right now. Even Gary will tell you this. It's not worth it. Yeah. Again, you'd never hear a civil rights activist mm -hmm. talk about this shit to get you on board with black rights. Mm -hmm. So why would we do this in terms of animal rights? Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm trying to do is, is take what he was doing and then just refine, refine it, it even more. Come to your own realizations. And, and, I, and I'm learning this through my own experience. I'm not just listening to Gary and then go, okay, well, he said it, so I need to... Re that must be true, mm -hmm. right? I'm practicing everything that he said and I'm, I'm seeing if it works. What I'm actually trying to achieve is a model that works for everybody. Because mm -hmm. you know how... We currently view activists, I think most vegans view activists like you and Ed and others, and they see activists, and this isn't, this is just how they view activists, I think. They view activists as, oh, I won't be able to talk like that unless I've done years of activism like they have. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they don't feel confident to go to a cube or to go out and do act to do outreach and speak to people because of that reason they don't think that they're qualified mm -hmm. so what i really want to achieve is giving people nuts and bolts yeah tried and true anti-special approach approach yeah. there's no special approach to this very simple right and that's what i want to teach people something that does apply to every personality mm -hmm. and every character out there yeah right there's certain things that only apply to certain activists i mm -hmm. feel like not everyone can talk like earthing ed no, no, right. No. To be that sophisticated, Eloquent, we don't sophisticated. even have his accent. No, he's amazing. <laughs> his British accent alone makes him sound yeah, so much more yeah. sophisticated. Yeah, you know. So even when he's angry, he doesn't sound like he's yeah. angry, right? Yeah. Not everyone can Definitely. do that. No. That's not for everybody. No. So when people say you need to be calmer and more patient, like Earth and Ed, that's not, not, not a practical piece of advice no. to give yeah. to vegans when you're trying to help people to to know. We're all different, aren't we? Like everyone's different personality, different upbringing, different. Um, you know. Uh, you know, demographic where right. they grew up. They got teenagers and you know, working class men and uh, right. mothers, and they all want to be activists too. But we can't all echo the same approach. Exactly, and and but one approach that we can, I think, is just simply holding people accountable, accountable. Yeah. for an injustice that they can't justify. Talk about holding people accountable. What does that mean? Like, is that blaming people or talk about it? No, it's um. It's, uh, again, like an interrogation situation. Yeah. Um, we have to think of ourselves as agents of, of, um, for the animals. Yeah. And we're the voice for the animals. Now, if people stop at a cube and they are watching the footage and they're talking to you, well, you have an opening and there's an opportunity right there that 
it, it says something that they're standing there. You, you have an opportunity to tell them the truth about what they're viewing on the screens and what's going on with animals and what happened to the animals that they probably just consumed. They probably just ate a burger yeah. or something. Yeah. So holding people accountable, what does it mean? It just simply means um, getting to the point of what the real issue is and having them face it through the questioning you provide and the points that you make. So instead of veering off into environment, which is not an accountability thing, like, yeah, you're, if we veer off into other aspects, it's easy to get away from accountability mm -hmm. because it's so far out there. What's happening in the Amazon? Yeah. Because, do you there's know what no, I mean? It's hard no to connect to that. responsibility on the individual there. Yeah. But then the blood on your hands mm -hmm. because you just put an animal in your body. Well, there's no way out of that, right? You know yeah. you're directly, you directly cause that. You are directly guilty because of that. And everybody knows this. Deep down, when they approach, this is the other things that ve the other thing that vegans don't realize. We're way more obvious than we think about the fact that we're vegan. Yeah. And the fact we think that they just need more information, more education. No, most people actually don't really. They do a little bit, but they need accountability more than everything else. Yeah. Right. They, when you talk about veganism, yeah, I know it's bad. I don't eat much meat. Have you ever heard? You've probably heard that a Every billion. single time. I don't eat much meat. They say that only, only around vegans. Exactly. Though, right. Yeah. They, they never say that around anyone else. Yeah. Why is that? Because they know because, it's already wrong. It's inherently yeah. wrong. It's easy. It's obvious to see. Yeah. yeah. I don't eat much meat just every single day, every single meal. And when I'm around a vegan, I feel kind of bad. So I'm going to say this and repeat it to them. And, and the excuses they make are obviously there to justify the guilt. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, other animals eat other animals. Yeah, Plants have feelings. Vegans kill other animals too okay. through their diets. Yep. Okay. But see, now we know that they know already what the issue is. So accountability is the, is the game here. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to try to explain this better this year and mm. make this a more known thing for everybody to understand. Yeah. Because I do believe that we just need a nuts and bolts approach that applies to everybody. Yeah. And I don't think animal rights is any more complex than what I'm saying. No. And I think we'd all benefit greatly as a movement if we just got on board with thinking about it this way. It's a very honed in approach. It's like, okay, all I have to focus on in this conversation is helping this person feel responsible for what's on the screen. They don't have to tell me they're going vegan. All they have to leave with is the understanding that they are, the knife might as well be in their hand and they leave with that sense of accountability when they leave the screen and, yep. and that's the best uh, seed to flourish. Yeah, yeah. To, to let them know they are causing this issue. Mm. You can't just walk by a bunch of vegan activists, say a couple of compassionate things about animals and then feel feel dignified and justified. Mm. We're not, I'm not going to let that happen. If you speak to me at a cube, I'm going to make sure you leave understanding that you're part of this problem. Yeah. Excellent. And a lot of people don't want to say that to someone because they are too shy or they don't want to, you know, uh, they don't want to, you know, anger anyone or. Yeah. And then there's also like non-vegans get into our heads and try to convince us that we don't have the right to say what we're saying. Yeah. And if you don't have a strong mind, you'll fall into this yeah. way of thinking. They try to tell us, well, vegans kill animals as well by eating bread yeah. or, yeah. you know, these Insects arguments. And, yeah. Right, but we're not saying we're perfect. So mm -hmm. it's just about not understanding the vegan message for those non-vegans. Mm -hmm. So you as a vegan activist just need to explain that. We're not saying that this is a perfectionism pill where you cause zero harm to animals. No. Veganism is about, call, you know, doing what you can practically to not support animal exploitation, exploitation as yeah. best as you can in this world. And the big word there is exploitation, isn't it? I mean, like the, the, the vegan principle, I've seen a, an interesting video a vegan foot soldier put up and it was the, talking about the old uh, writing 
uh, Leslie Cross, I think, wrote the original doctrine of veganism. And it's all to yeah, do with posted about that. animal exploitation, um, you know, like enslaving, killing animals, you know, that that exploitation part is massive with veganism. And, and that's a lot harder to for people to argue, you know. Yeah, and the way I'm seeing now, like I don't even use that word exploitation that much. I actually use the word abuse now. And yeah. a lot of vegans will say, well, all use is abuse. Exactly. That's okay. why I say abuse. Yeah. Right? Because we need to label it correct. If you say, are you an animal user? People don't get, no. people won't feel anything. But if you say, are you an animal abuser? Mm. An animal exploiter doesn't also have that much of weight behind it. Animal abuser does. So we ha- I think we should label it. Animal exploitation is animal abuse. Of course, yeah. Animal use is animal abuse. So therefore, yep. let's just call it animal abuse. Yeah, I agree. I do, I do use abuse a lot and I think it's uh, very powerful when eating someone's body, treating someone's body as food, as meat, is abuse. 100%. You're treating them as an object. Uh, Even sustenance. a lion who eats a gazelle is abusing a gazelle. Mm. Mm. Does he have a good excuse to do so? Better way, than us. <laughs> way, better, way better than humans. <laughs> But he's still doing that. Okay, but what about these? <laughs> how long? How often do you get this one? I got it yesterday. About I actually three don't times. get that. You don't get this? Pointing at my tip. No. Why do I always get that? Um, yeah, that's now that you say that, that's weird. I never really get that. Canines. Oh, we've got teeth. Uh, they call them incisors. They call. Them I have ca- had that. Yeah. But I just I, now that I think about it, I don't really get that. Philip Schofield gave it to me on TV right there, and like, what about these? And they uh, point yeah. to these tiny, ridiculous teeth. Like, mm. so I'm getting that all the time, and it's like they're looking at the screen. What is it about? Like, I know it's trying to appeal to nature. Yeah, it's an appeal to to nature. People are trying to find any excuse to not be accountable, basically. And they go through, they run through the whole list. Carnus bingo. Yeah. What is your main excuse you get on AV? Uh, The main excuse. It doesn't have to be the one, but like. It all falls under the umbrella of human supremacism. Yeah. Wow. Talk about that. I think it's just that we think we're superior to animals and. We can do whatever we want to them. But we're humans. They're animals. Yeah. It's anything that falls under the umbrella of human supremacism. And I think that's actually at the root of, I think eventually veganism won't be a word and it will just be, are you a human supremacist or are you not? Yes. Do you think you're supreme to all other animals on the planet? Yeah. Do you act that way or not? Mm. And I think that's the evolution for veganism and I can't wait for it to get to that point. But yeah, I think... It's just either like, oh, we're better than animals, you know, other animals eat other animals, so we should have the right to do it. Um, Stop forcing your views. Do you get that a lot? Stop forcing your opinions. I can do what I want to do. I I respect your choice to be vegan. You respect my choice to do this. Yeah, the last guy who said that to me, I said, because I've heard that so many times Mm. now, I said, look, mate, I, I didn't come over here to get your respect. Yeah. I came over here to talk to you about animal rights. Wow. Powerful. I don't, why do we, why would we think, why would that satisfy us? Mm. If someone says, I respect you and you're... But, you know, I would respect you if you were just blunt with me and talked about animal rights and not sugarcoated anything. I would respect you. I don't mean I like you. You know, it might have pissed me off. A lot of people don't like me, but they definitely respect my, you know... what Of I... course. Yeah, because yeah, you're, you're piercing through lies that they've had programmed in their brain by society. So mm. they actually should be given this opportunity and, and people with the right perspective see it that way. Yeah. So where do you see um, the movement evolving to this human, like I know we use the word speciesism a lot and I think this human supremacy thing, I think that's more powerful because like, you know. That's that's the root of the problem, isn't it? It's this supremacist attitude, men are better than women, you know, whites are better than blacks, you know, straight people are better than gay. It's all supremacy, isn't it? Now, Now it's humans are better than animals and, you know, 
do you feel us moving towards this uh, as, as the movement evolves? Like how far down the line do you think this is? How far away are we? Well, I don't know, but we're going to do our damnedest. And yeah. this year is the year that mm. we really ramp it up. I guess um, you're just taking step by step, chipping away. Because yeah. I suppose if we look at it, you know, if we start to look at the whole scope of things, it can become overwhelming. Yeah. I don't know how much longer we've got as a species as well. That's one thing that keeps cropping up mm. in my mind. But I don't really give a fuck. I'm just mm. going to spend today doing what I can. Mm. We have plans that branch out like three years, five years, but that's about it. You've got a five year plan. Well, I know what we're going to be doing in roughly four wow. to five years. Good. I was always living day to day and just going, following my heart, but now I feel organized. Well, we have campaigns and stuff that we want to do. Like, yeah. um, like two weeks of truth is happening in September. Okay. Right. We did a week of truth last year. So Explain a week of truth, two weeks of truth. This is a cube that runs concurrent for the whole two weeks. Yeah. Every day. We don't operate through the night because it's ineffective. But, yeah. Um, we did do that for the 24 hours event in Amsterdam. Um, but yeah, the week of truth was eight straight days in New York city, yep. 12 hours a day. Um, but this time we're going to 12 hours was a bit much for everybody to commit yeah. to. So we're going to do eight hours a day okay. um, from 12 to eight, but this time it's two weeks in New York city, which wow. I don't know if you've ever done activism in New York city. I wish I could. Oh, that's right. You haven't been into the United States. No, have you? No, no, yeah. Oh man. New York city is a melting pot of people from all everywhere around the world wow i mean think about it new york city has everyone from all walks of life literally and so the outreach there is impeccable wow and it's a good it's a good training ground to know and new york people um are used to the no bullshit type like like that yeah when you're direct with them they appreciate it wow that's awesome and what do you think it is about you know running the cube in the same place day after day after day do you think that that's effective or do you think it massively it's like a boot camp by the end of it your outreach will be laser sharp i guarantee you that amazing yeah guarantee you that mine was the uh i remember my last outreach interaction that i had at the end of the week of truth was just i wasn't missing a beat wow couldn't miss couldn't it was actually the best experience and the best campaign we've done so far so now we're doing two weeks and then we already know that the evolution from that has to be a month so we're going to do that in 2021 hopefully so like to get involved with av do do you have to be some type of special person vegan or can you just reach out just vegan and willing to work with us and not against us if you're if you carry that attitude we don't want to work with you yeah um yeah leave everything else at the door politics religion any beliefs and ideologies you want to bring to the table that don't include animal rights yeah that aren't involved in animal rights don't bring them into av Yep. Um, and that's all you need to do is just be vegan and willing to learn yep. and be a student of animal rights and to and to get behind this approach. Yeah, the animals need that. They need that 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 in the organisations to focus on them because they're really in a world. We're the of only shit. one, dude. We're yeah. the only organisation currently that is willing to only focus on animals. Yeah. Wow. It seems. Yeah, I mean, they need all the help they can get. I mean. <laughs> Who else has been murdered by the trillion every year, like, and then just tr- turned into shit and flushed down the toilet? I mean, this is how we treat animals across the world, and it's fucking horrible in Western countries where human beings have all the rights they need, legal rights. You know, it's l- illegal to rape and kill in the Western world, and you know, if you get caught doing that, you go to jail for life. You get caught shooting a pig in the head; it's a barbecue. It's a celebration. Yeah, where yeah, and humans do you know have a ways to go with rights in some parts of the world yeah, still definitely. but it's um it's yeah not comparable to how much we're lacking in animal rights in the world like animal rights is so far behind yeah 
that even vegans are speciesist. Yeah. To the point where... They don't think that the defense of animals is justified and they start calling activists too aggressive. And they're like, well, you can't do this. Like, so that's, people, that's a form of speciesism. People are, are, are leaving AV over the fact we don't talk about environment and health anymore. Wow. I mean, they, they find that to be an injustice to the animals. No. You know, like this is an opinion that you're welcome to hold. But I mean, if we're just sticking to the animals, surely you still see us as an animal defender and we're on your side. I mean, to say that we're no longer on your side is pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. I agree we need to focus on the animals more. And I was kind of like, I want to do what's best for them, basically. And if I find out that doing other things is better for them, then I want to do that. But f f I don't see the evidence of that. I'm not seeing it strong enough for me to stop doing what I'm doing and speak. Like if I got a TV appearance and I started talking about health for the whole time, then the animals, where's the animals? They're getting lost. No, I get on there, I talk about gas chambers, pigs thrashing for their lives, cows being raped in the dairy industry. And that, how no yeah. one can justify it. Yeah, and how and do you, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I love it when you're like that, when mm -hmm. I see you in these interviews and you're asking them, but how do you justify yeah. abusing animals? Because that's what you're currently doing. I mean, I love that. That's mm -hmm. the best... I love your style. I, you know, this is all because of what Gary put down, mm. this direct approach. Now, no one's really doing that. Um, you know, we do see we do see it happening, but not not enough. It's like really not really have. It's not really happening in the movement, mm. this kind of directness. It's being shunned more and more because we feel that we need to appeal to all these other things. And I get the pressure again. Like I've, we've been talking about this for a while now, but yeah. it seems like such a simple thing. Yeah. We, like it seems like something we should have just addressed two minutes move on yep. but we keep bringing it back because it's so relevant in this movement mm. yeah but yeah that's why i'm saying this year i really hope to to drive this home yeah i mean i lead by example a lot of my activism i don't like i i actually have de developed more of a thicker skin because i'm i'm more reinforced in my position on this than ever before yeah. like my last uh tv debate was heavily criticized by the vegan movement too aggressive you should be more like this you should be more nicer you interrupted too much you're making vegans look bad and i just said i don't give a shit if you think i'm rude all right animals are being stabbed to death you want me to sit there and let some animal abuser talk about hunting animals and how it's ethical no fucking way not on my watch like mm. and and you know i was just responding to people like that like well hey well you know how many opportunities on tv to defend animals have you got probably none because you're too afraid to don't get in my way when i'm defending animals i don't work for you I work for the fucking pigs you know so and that's the that last point you just made is profound mm. you didn't get into this because you want vegans to like you no you didn't get into this so that you can make vegans feel more comfortable when they step into a social setting. Mm. You didn't do this because you don't want vegans to accuse you or, or um, to uh, um, criticize you. Well, it's, you know what I mean? You did this for the animals. And mm. the only criticism that should ever you should ever be taking on is really you know, what you think the animals would be saying From their to perspective. Yeah. Like, we have to try to work that out. Like, we can't ask them. But I can just try to put myself in their position. Like... Yeah. Talk, talk about that the power of that the power of putting yourself in the victim's position and how does that navigate your activism when you're when you're talking to people like and what you think is justified for activism well i always you know that quote i keep coming back to it because i feel like it's just such a uh, i don't know what the word is for it but it's such a uh, beautiful quote that you can constantly lean on um and it's you always speak for the animals in the same way mm. you would want to be spoken for if you were in their position yeah so whenever I'm in a situation where my emotions and my ego start flaring up for whatever reason, I just got to remember that if I was in that position, I wouldn't want the person speaking for me to not deliver the message yeah. correctly. Yeah. 
And again, you're only working for the animals. Yeah. So if you think about like what you would want if you're in their position and you just act accordingly, you're always going to win. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's uh, that's what's difficult for people to come into this movement because they have to really be in it for the animals for the long term because there's so many things that will happen, especially when you start to get reaching reaching people that will happen, that will dishearten you. You'll realize that your own movement isn't isn't always behind you. No. That you're, you're going to face criticism from everyone and, and things are going to bring More you... More so yeah. from vegans, actually. More in so fact, from vegans, yeah. In fact, uh, we don't even have an email from the meat, dairy, and egg industries giving us pressure. Yeah. A comment would be nice, mm. but we only get shit from vegans. We put up a post recently... Biggest threat to the vegan movement is vegans. The comment section proved our fucking point. Mm. Oh, bullshit. It's because of your behavior. Your organization is a threat to the vegan movement. Actually, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. this whole, it's just, I mean, you proved our point, mm. right? And, the, and I think it's because vegans are so speciesist. They think oh, cows, pigs, fish, they're not really worth this being this passionate about and standing mm. behind fully. But that's your speciesist. A cow mm. is no different to you in every way that matters morally. Mm-hmm. A, a chicken, a fish is mm. no different to you morally in all the ways that matter mm. when you're looking at it from a universal eye, mm. not from your narrow human perspective. Mm. I mean, that's human supremacism yeah. at its finest. And I find that it exists within vegans even more so perhaps with the way they view animals and the way they speak to other vegans. So when I, when I analyze someone's activism, I always look at it from the perspective, perspective of the victims as well. So I go, well, mate, if I was an animal, you know, you done me right there. And, you know, there's no, look, we're, we're, all, we're all trying our best, aren't we? Like, you know, we come into the movement, what, five, six years ago, you know, like well, maybe online four years ago. And, you know, we're all, we're all trying to work this out. We all, we all want to do the right thing. You know, we all see animals and we all get upset when they're when in those slaughterhouses. And, you know, the last thing we need to be doing is worrying about people who are on supposed to be on the same team, you know. But I think what helped me the most, I don't know if this helps you, is accept that this is going to be there. Accept it have, and yeah. fight anyway. Because when it first started happening, oh my God, I'm trying my best and they're not, I'm getting all this criticism. What have I done wrong? Right, I just yeah. talked about gas chambers. But yeah. like when you accept it and go, right, this is part of the package. I don't, I'm not going to be liked by everyone. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, 70% of people are going to be against me. I might not have said that the way people like. But you keep chipping on. You keep going forwards and it just accept it's all part of it, yeah? Yeah, and you always, you always will have real ones supporting you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you... you I remember once you felt like you were hated by everyone, right? <laughs> You're like, fuck, everyone hates me in the vegan. And I was like, Joey, that's not true. No. It's just not true. These people in the comments make it seem like that. Yeah. But people who support you don't want to be in the comments. They're living their lives. Yeah. They support you though. And you've got way more supporters than you think. It's just when those times happen, you think that. Mm. But we so we can't continue without support from people mm. like with zero p- support yeah, from course, everyone yeah. else you can't no. but that's a myth like you won't ever have zero you always have support yeah. if you just continue being authentic and yeah. speak so i i have accepted it and mm. and it's i agree you do need to accept that mm. if you come into this movement you mm. need to accept that not all vegans are your allies in fact it's going to be pretty rare that you find allies in this movement mm. yeah and it's usually the ones who are really in it for the animals that you see in the, they they'll always come and give you a hug. They're always willing to work with you because they know 
Well, he's proved it. He really is in this for the animals because if he was in it for any other reason, yeah. guess what? He would have given up a long time ago, eh? Exactly. Like I said, we've been dealing with shit ever since we started and so you have to accept it at some point and mm. yeah, we, we've earned our stripes. So I, I think it, 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 yeah, that's a good way of viewing it. Like mm. there are certain people who do deserve that kind of, um, that, that relationship because yeah, it's earned. Yeah. No, that's excellent, bro. And so like any advice you would give to someone who, because you just keep saying like, you know, we need to give this correct message. Like what, what would your nutshell advice be to someone who's watching this right now? They're a vegan. They care about animals. They're too afraid to step into this. What would be your advice for them? Like, look, this is where you should start and this is where you need to, to, to direct yourself. You know, how would you talk to someone who's a bit timid? They're watching right now. They want to get into this. They're, they're, they're not Paul or Joey. They, you know, they got don't have a thicker skin as us. Like, give them a bit of um, direction. Uh, I would recommend that you watch. I have a workshop that you know helps people to feel confident. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend watching that. Where 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 can they find um, that? Uh, we're actually doing another workshop this weekend, oh, so we'll put that up. Okay. Uh, it'll be an updated one, but we. That, that, but by the time this comes out, that will be out. Okay, good. So, yeah, you, yeah hopefully. Um, so, but if you just pay close attention, we'll have heaps of work workshops coming out this year. But for now, if you're listening to this, you just got to remember, animal rights is no different to child abuse. If you were involved in child abuse your whole life and you realize that you were doing it, now you're trying to make amends, you can't just stop there. You need to tell other people that they're contributing to the same thing you were doing. This is the most heinous injustice in the world mm -hmm. i mean the numbers alone are just we kind of unwrap our brains around them mm -hmm. right of how many animals are subjugated to this um you, you know speaking up for the animals is going to be uncomfortable it's bittersweet i'm not going to tell you that it's easy but it's the best thing that you can do with your time i found because they're the most deserving group of beings of their liberation they deserve it more than any other group of beings so fighting for them is always going to be worth your while and speaking up in uncomfortable situations is the least that you can do when the discomfort they experience is beyond what you can even imagine so again just think about the animals i can't tell you any better advice than to yep. think about the animals and what i'm trying to say is that you just need to hold people accountable for this very obvious injustice that no one will willingly admit that they commit they'll always deny it make excuses for it run away from it and there's your proof that you're onto something that's very obvious and very easy to address should you hold people accountable correctly and that's all i can tell you right now amazing that was impeccable bro and thank you so much and like for people going forward all right um you've obviously gone through some difficult times as you're through your journey you've you faced a, a bunch of your own criticism a bunch of your own problems and you see you're still here and you seem fresher than ever um dealing with that adversity holding on would you give that same advice for that like you've, you've, a lot of people would have given up um by now would you give that same advice to get through those ups and downs? Because like you said, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. And we shouldn't lie to people and say, oh, yeah, they're being an activist. Is, it's, it's fun. It's fantastic. You know, like same advice for that. Yeah. Holding on through hard times. Yeah. And just remembering why you do this. And uh, again, we don't do this to be cool and, and liked by vegans. 
It's not a popularity contest. We're not trying to be the most popular vegan and be liked by everybody. At least I'm not. And I don't think you should be, if that's your intention, I would revisit that. Yeah. Uh, Again, you're an activist. Yeah. You fight for animal rights. Don't get so involved in the vegan movement. Mm. That's my recommendation. Yeah. Just do your thing. Yeah. Stay in your lane. And I guarantee if you work for AV, we'll keep it that way too. Yeah. But if you, I would recommend don't really get involved because I like what you did. You just went to social media. You, you use YouTube and um, you do your thing. And and I would say like just keep moving forward and enjoy what you enjoy outside of animal rights to you know keep yourself healthy and fresh so that you know you do have self care along the way. Yep. Um, but just stay focused on animal rights, not on vegans. Yeah. That's my best advice. Oh, mate, that's epic advice. Let's talk about self-care a little bit because um, self-care is an interesting one, isn't it? My form of self-care is I might pull away for a day or two and I get straight back at it because I'm hungry. Right you know, I'm hungry for this. Yeah, it's I, our main I, focus. Uh, yeah. Um, do you think there's a little bit too much focus on self-care in the movement? Yes, I do. Like, who really needs this self-care? I mean, who, yeah, who's out there putting themselves on the line like that? Like, Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we overindulge in self-care in this movement, perhaps. Mm. We think that we deserve more of a break than we do. And it's not really practical. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. You take some time off, but you get back to work. Yeah, damn straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's because this should be our main focus. I mean, if this is what your intention is to be a full-time activist, which I hope it is. But even if you're doing it part-time, well, then you don't really... Most people, let's be honest, most people are doing activism part-time mm-hmm. casually. Mm-hmm. Um no one's really doing it full time. Yeah. How many people are doing it full time around the world? There's handful a, of people, a of two handfuls. handfuls yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so they're really the only people that deserve self care to the extent that we're talking about it. Mm. I would say if you're doing it part time, well, you're already getting self care, aren't you? Because the other time that you're not doing it, you're not doing it. You're away from it. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You're not doing it. So that's time away from it. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think in this movement, uh, again, we put ourselves first. We you know, we think of everything but the animals all too often. Yeah. And I think the focus needs to, needs to just come back to that. Like we do need self-care because it's not practical. We're not machines. We're humans. We, we It's not practical to just pedal to the metal every single day, right? Until you break. Well, I mean, that's what happened to Gary. We yeah. saw that. No one did more time than him. Yeah. How many... Spe- he's done over 2,000 speeches to over... 20, over 2,600 lectures and was over the, the... And the stories, dude. And he served six months in prison for liberating minks. He was serving time... I served six months in prison for holding a firearm when I was in gangs. He's in prison with gang members. Banned uh, from nine countries. Yeah, like... And the the most draining aspect was everything vegans were hurling He was at the it. most hated activist in the... Animal Still rights is, activist in the probably. world. Yeah, and... and yeah, so and he burnt out. He burnt out after twenty years yeah. on the front and lines, and that's legitimate. Yeah, so yeah, he, he yeah, yeah, exactly twenty years. And the stories, dude, he would drive his car across the state, uh, three hours, do a lecture, drive another, you know, to another lecture, drive straight to another one, and all week, week it's in, week lectures, out. It's not just lectures; it's Q and A's with opposing people who are trying to challenge and excuse and you know he's had. A lot of opposition so that's a lot that's tiring as well yeah yeah absolutely and then he would get home from his lectures and like he would be smoking a joint to chill but he would still be responding to emails mm. so much so that his bones and his hands now are all fucked up he's he, the, he's the, in reply to all my facebook uh questions yeah. hey, hey gary how are you going yeah 
Yeah. You, you know, like people would on. email him going, your talk was inspiring. Can you give me some vegan recipes? Fuck yeah. <laughs> right? He'd be so, he used to be so into it. Like all these people want to go vegan. Fuck yeah. So he, he was, you know, cause that's his passion and that's Amazing. how we should think. If we love what we do and it's bittersweet to do this line of work, but if you love what you do, then it shouldn't be so taxing that you need to take all these breaks. Mm. And I, well, obviously we're not all the same. Um, yeah. you know, I've been through some adversity in my life. I've suffered. I've been a, a drug addict. I've, you know, stared down the barrel of a gun and I've, you know, so I've been through, adver- like some of us are stronger than others emotionally. And I, and I accept that. Do you think there's a distinction between self-care because you're, um, overworking yourself or m- mental trauma, you know, so self-care from overworking yep. or trauma from facing what the animals go through too much? That's a good question. Uh, In the first instance, I don't think like we already established that many people are even full time, Mm -hmm. let alone part. So most of our movement is casual. Yeah. Then we've got the part timers, but most people are like in that category and not full time. Mm. So because of that, I don't really think it's the amount of work we're doing. Mm -hmm. The emotional aspect, however... Yeah, the trauma that comes with realizing what's going on. Yeah, I, I agree that it can be traumatizing perhaps more so for other people than it would be for you, people yeah. like me and you. I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know how to answer this question yeah. as academically as possible. But I think you should. I think people should listen to Claire Mann's book, Vistopia. Yeah. Okay. It's actually on iTunes. You can yeah. get it, download it and listen to it. You don't even have to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, Vistopia talks about this at length and she really delved into it. Yeah. And I think that would be helpful. Yeah, because my, my, my thing is, like, there's a difference for me between mental trauma from facing animal suffering yep. and overworking yourself within the movement somehow. So if people uh, are, are combining the two, they're not the same things. They're not the same things. No, like, they're not. If you're sticking your face in um, animal slaughter footage and you're not that built for that, then we need you on the front line somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. You know your strengths. Know your strength. Exactly right. Like if you're mentally traumatized by something you're facing on the screen, like then you, we could use you for, working for the animals in some other aspect. Yeah. And like, cause what I'd like to say, Paul, is that you have these um, entrepreneurs who are like, you know, Gary V mm-hmm. guys working 17 hours a day for the last 10 years and loves it. And he ain't burning out. No, like, he loves what he does. And I understand with activism, we're facing a lot, a lot of adversity, but so does this guy. He's got a very large platform. Yeah, he he's gets facing some his... negative comments. Exactly. People are, oh, you're just a huckster. He ain't burning out. No. You know, and I think if we give this burnout thing too much, you know, energy and too much focus, we might be, I think we're... Self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm thinking. I don't, I hate the word. When you say it to me, I'm like, when I see other people, I'm burning, I don't want to, uh, no, I don't want to know about it. I don't want... That's not happening to me. I'm I'm pushing through. I'm pushing through. I have my downs. I'm pushing through. But burning out just means, okay, so cool down. Yeah. If you're burning out, just cool, cool down, down for a day. Yeah. Get back to work. Yeah. I don't understand. What's the issue? You take a break. That's what basketball players, what athletes do. They take yeah. a break. They, they heal their injuries. They come yeah. back to the game. Yeah. So yeah. if you're injured, your heart's injured, your mind's injured, whatever, just take a break. Cool you, down. What we should be focusing on is getting the vegans that we already have mm-hmm. to be active. We we have a we have a get out there, get out there. You know, if that if you spent your time pulling back from animal rights activism and spent that time 
uh, reaching out to vegans to get them to be active, that would be a really effective use of your break. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Make videos talking about you know, why you think vegans should be active. Just how speaking they can to the be. camera. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how easy is that to do? Yeah, it's, it's switching it up. It's switching it up. If yeah, I was always going right. to 4 a.m. vigils, you know, stopping trucks, all this drama, facing animal suffering, dead chickens on the on the truck and shit everywhere and you know going into slaughterhouses and seeing things in farms and if i was constantly doing that then i didn't switch it up i switch it up every now and then you know yeah and so you're tough emotionally and if and, and if you need to switch that up then yep. of course other people need to do that too yeah yeah i think being intelligent with um where you put your energy and how you use yeah. your energy and a lot of people are you know answering back to comments too much and you know focusing their energy in different in the wrong areas and i think if we're intelligent and we 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 have a uh what's it, a boundary yeah with ourselves yep um we can stand this movement lo much longer than what we think yeah and, and this should apply to other areas of your life too i mean you should have these boundaries mm. with almost with everything right yeah. like you shouldn't get too burnt out and lost in things that drain you yeah when it doesn't yield the results you're looking for mm. in any aspect of life yeah so it's the same thing here excellent so, um, anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Have you got anything that you mm. you really want to speak about that we haven't covered? You know, we talked about the evolution of the cube, where it is at now. We talked about your um, how you uh, what veganism is right important and how you advocate and some problems with our advocacy. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on? I don't think so. But everybody thinks I'm you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the comment section. Oh, thanks, Joey. How you doing, Joey? So you're actually Lebanese. Yeah, 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 you're actually Lebanese, so Arabic, and I'm Italian. Uh, My grandma can't even speak English, so we do have a similar complexion. And um, yeah, like in Australia, would be considered like you know. Yeah, we're wogs. We're wogs in yeah. in Australia. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Hey, eh? like we we sort of went vegan around the same time in the same sort I of remember, way, and we went activist at the same time as well. Like I think you, I remember. Um, when you, because you hit YouTube first, and I remember I started YouTube around the same time, and then I saw you at World Vegan Day, which is when you went vegan on that day, right? Not the day that uh, I saw yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was my anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But That's I right. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, we did vids together, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, wow. yeah. and yeah, and then we went the next day to Melbourne Cup. Do you remember that? We did, did a protest there. Right. We did interviews with people walking out of the cup, the punters. Wow. And we were like pressing them about you know animal abuse you remember those videos yeah you used to have your little hand held that's right that I had time. The, yeah the name yeah and you're just doing this and you got into a really good discussion yeah i remember that that was joey versus the public days yeah that's yeah. right that's yeah. right and uh yeah so that's where we started that's they're the root that's the roots to all this yeah you don't just get given a platform in animal rights you have to work your you ass off. It. You have to force it. You have to. Because this isn't a followable message. This isn't like, oh, here's a smoothie bowl. This is, hey, animals are being... Get like, I'm out the front of a gas chamber hearing pigs screaming. You're out the front of slaughterhouse footage showing, talking to people, uh, calling them out on it. Yeah. This is a hard thing to follow. So when yeah. you develop a following in this movement, you've worked your ass off for it, especially when it's such an explicit animal rights message. So when if you're, if you're making... If someone is making posts and they feel like, oh, my, my, my platform isn't getting there, Joey, Joey's platform. I started with no no one following me. I've always been an abrasive activist, always been an abrasive. I've, I've toned it down a bit and I've come back uh, through with it again. But like you have to work hard, relentlessly, day in, day out. This isn't a one post thing. This isn't a one day thing or a one week thing. This is a lifetime commitment. Yeah, yeah it's a lifetime commitment until we see this end. Yeah, yeah Excellent. exactly. And think about that like, 
that's a good point like think about that as a long-term thing yeah. you know don't have a short-term attitude about mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. where you're going to go hard for three years and then burn out yeah and then exactly. quit and then oh, i'm not going to be a part of the vegan movement anymore make this huge post on social mm-hmm. media uh, yeah like think if, about this long term like if, gary v says if we had that attitude we would have left our activism melbourne cup four years ago <laughs> or whenever it was yeah right you know like look where we've evolved to yeah you know that's because we held on and we kept pushing and we're in it for the right reasons you know, if you're not in it for the right reasons, I'll I'll pretty much know. Well, it's not. Well, obviously, Gary Yarovsky was in it for the right reasons. We know he put in the hard yards. But like, if you're not in it for the right re- reason, you won't be along around long term. So I think um, what you guys do at AV is absolutely 100% exactly what's needed. To you're sh- constantly keeping it on the animals. You're showing the abuse and the slaughter and the torture every single day on the streets all around the world. You're making it about what's going down yeah. in these farms and slaughterhouses. And that's what the animal rights vegan movement needs to be more about. hundred percent. Thanks Cheers. a lot, Paul. Thanks for coming down. My man. Appreciate it. Good to see you, brother. All right, brother. You too. We let's, should get out there and do some yeah, stuff. Yeah, let's do some street outreach. Excellent. All right. All right. See you later. Boom. That's one of the best podcasts I've done, I reckon. Yeah, that was cool. I I like that we were just chatting. Like, I felt like we were just talking.